Shalom, everyone. Rabbi Stewart here again, and uh, I'm just delighted to be here with you today. And uh, I am praying that not only will this upcoming week be a week where you experience the love of God in a new and special, deep way, but that you will be blessing at least one person in a very significant way this coming week. I'm Rabbi Stuart Winograd. I'm your host, and uh, I'm a Messianic Jew. What's that? That's a Jewish follower of Jesus, Yeshua in Hebrew, which means God's salvation. And today I want to talk to you about two significant holidays that just occurred in the land of Israel and the prophetic significance about the rebirth of the modern state of Israel. Welcome to Your Jewish Connection with Rabbi Stuart, connecting you to the Jewish identity of Jesus and the Jewish roots of the Christian faith. Here now, Rabbi Stuart Winograd. On this show, I want to be your connection to the Jewish identity of Jesus, Yeshua. I want to be your connection to the Jewishness of your faith. I want to be your connection to what God is doing amongst the Jewish people around the world and especially in the land of Israel. Just this past week, there were two very significant holidays that were celebrated in Israel. The first is the Memorial Day for Fallen Soldiers and Victims of Terror. It's called Yom Hazikaron, the Memorial Day for the Fallen Soldiers of Israel and the Victims of Terror. The second is Yom Ha'atzma'ut, Israel Independence Day, 1948, the rebirth of the modern state of Israel. And so, why should... Israel be important to us? And you might sometimes ask yourself a question, why is there so much news coverage focused and centered upon this little sliver of land? Let me give you an idea of how big this land is. You know, New Jersey is the uh, fifth smallest state in America. And uh, Israel is about the same size. But sometimes when you think about the level of news that's focused on this land, you would think it was about three times the size of Russia, China, or the United States. But it's not that way. But what is, is the fact that the God of heaven and earth who made this planet declared that this little sliver of land would belong to a people that he chose for a purpose. This little sliver of land called Israel, he said, would belong to the Jewish people. And even though there were times when we were scattered into the four corners of the earth, it was his prophetic plan to bring us back to this little piece of land. And he says that he is going to come back to a city. And it's the city of the great king, the king Messiah, 
Jesus, Yeshua. You know, many of my Jewish people are waiting for Messiah to come. However, we who are Messianic Jews, Jewish followers of Yeshua, understand that there are two portraits of Messiah in the Tanakh, the Old Testament. Tanakh is Hebrew for the Old Testament. One portrait is Messiah ben Joseph, Messiah, the son of Joseph. You remember Joseph? He was that son of Jacob that suffered greatly at the hands of his brothers and then was uh, treated unfairly in Egypt when he was sold into slavery there. He was put in a dungeon, and then God supernaturally raised him to be the second in charge of the greatest empire on the earth at that time, Egypt. And Joseph turned out to be the one who God used to save his own people from starvation and people from many other nations. So there's a two portraits of Messiah. Messiah ben Joseph is one, following the kind of suffering lifestyle of Joseph. So they call it the suffering Messiah. And then there's Messiah ben David, Messiah the son of David, the reigning king. And my Jewish people, they're looking for the reigning king. But we have come to understand as Messianic Jews that first he comes to reign in our hearts by being Messiah ben Joseph, where he comes out of the dungeon of the grave and rises to the top through the resurrection of the dead, just like Joseph kind of rose from the dungeon to be the top in Egypt, Yeshua rose. And just like Joseph saved his Jewish people and many people in Egypt and other nations from physical death, Yeshua saves us to eternal life from spiritual death. And so Messiah ben Joseph, Messiah ben David, two portraits of Messiah. And uh, um, we, we, we want our Jewish people to understand that Yeshua fulfills both. The land of Israel, back to the land of Israel, the rebirth of the modern state of Israel is a miracle. It's a fulfillment of the prophetic word of God found in the Bible. Even Ben-Gurion, the first uh, prime minister of the nation of Israel after it was birthed in 1948, he said this, in Israel, in order to be a realist, you must believe in miracles. Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 8 through 12, foretold many hundreds of years, thousands of years before this modern rebirth of Israel would occur, foretold this. But you, mountains of Israel, will produce branches and fruit for my people, Israel, for they will soon come home. I am concerned for you and will look on you with favor. You will be plowed and sown, and I will cause many people to live on you, yes, all of Israel. The towns will be inhabited and the ruins rebuilt. I will increase the number of people and animals living on you, and they will be fruitful and become numerous. I will settle people on you as in the past, and I will make you prosper more than before, and then you will know that I am the Lord, and I will cause people, my people, Israel, to live on you. 
approximately 7,800 square miles. Much of it was desert and swamp. But when the Jewish people took control of the land, this began to be fulfilled. If you go to Israel today, and I'm fortunate enough to have a daughter living there, son-in-law, two granddaughters, and God's given me the privilege of ministering to Holocaust survivors and others in the land. So I'm in Israel quite often. And to see what has happened in the land is an exact fulfillment of what Jeremiah has said, uh, of what Ezekiel has said. And uh, I'm going to go back to that in a minute, but I want to tell you what the prophet Jeremiah said. He also lived more than 2,500 years before uh, the rebirth of the modern state of Israel. And he said this in Jeremiah chapter 16, 14, and 15. However, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when it will no longer be said as, as surely as the Lord lives who brought the Israel ups, Israelites up out of Egypt. You remember God set the people of Israel free from slavery in Egypt with a mighty hand, supernaturally did not use an army, just used a submitted servant, Moses, and did wonders to set the people of Israel free from the mightiest empire on earth of that day without a weapon. And so this is like a, a central thing for Jewish people, the delivery of slavery out of Egypt. And so he said that we're going to remember this next event kind of in the same way. He says, it will be said, as surely as the Lord lives who brought the Israelites up out of the land of the north and out of all the countries where he had banished them, for I will restore them to the land I gave their ancestors. Now, when you go to Israel today, you find out that there are Jewish people from pretty much every nation under heaven living in the land of Israel today. That's a fulfillment of Jeremiah chapter 16, verse 14 and 15. And I actually want to say to you that we are living in the day when the prophetic word of God is being fulfilled, perhaps like never before. You and I are privileged to live in this day where the prophetic God of word is being fulfilled, perhaps like never before since the days that Yeshua, Jesus, walked the land of Israel 2,000 years ago. We live in amazing days. One more prophecy, and uh, uh, in a moment we're also going to get it into a little bit more detail about these feasts. The greatest prophet who ever lived, Yeshua, Jesus, He was more than a prophet. He was the son of God. He was more than just a man. He was God in the flesh. And he said this in Luke. It's recorded in Luke chapter 21, verse 24. Jerusalem, city of the great king. This is the city the Messiah will come back to. Jerusalem will be trampled down by the Gentiles. Gentile is a word that means the nations, people who are not Jewish in Scripture. So the nations, people who are not the people of Israel, the Jewish people. Jerusalem will be trampled on by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. And in 1967, Jerusalem came fully back into Jewish hands. Fulfillment of the words of the prophet 
of prophets, the Son of God, God in the flesh, Jesus, Yeshua. And so, friends, this excites me. Why? Because I have discovered that God's word is faithful in every way. He is faithful in his promises to me, and he is faithful in his promises to the people of Israel and uh, to see the nation rebirth. We, if you go to Israel today, you'll see the swamps and the deserts have been turned into forests uh, and, and, and fruits and vegetables growing just beautifully and cities built and it's just a, a modern nation that is exporting high levels of technology everywhere. And the people of Israel have been restored to their land, not simply by being soldiers and having an army, but because the Lord God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, declared that this is my time to restore my chosen people back to the land that I chose for them my glory and for my purposes. You're listening to Faith Talk Atlanta. He knew very well what I needed and what my family needed. Available around the clock at faithtalkatlanta.com. Rabbi Stewart here with you again. I am a Messianic Jew a Jewish follower of Yeshua, the Hebrew way to say Jesus. And uh, I'm so glad to be with you here today. I want to be your Jewish connection to the Jewish identity of Jesus, the Jewish roots of your faith, the land of Israel, the state of Israel, and what God's doing amongst the Jewish people and even beyond uh, in many nations. I want to be your connection to what God is doing amongst the Jewish people around the world in Israel and uh we just talked about the prophetic significance of the modern rebirth of the state of Israel. We saw that the modern rebirth of the state of Israel, 1948, reborn, is a work of God. It's a fulfillment of his prophetic words uttered by the Jewish prophets down through the ages and recorded both in the Old Testament or Tanakh, in Hebrew, and the New Testament, or the Brit Hadashah, the New Covenant, Brit Covenant Hadashah New. Okay, and so uh, um, I want to just dig into, uh, now that we have this amazing uh, prophetic fulfillment of the uh, Jewish people restored to the land of Israel and the the nation prospering, and we're seeing all of that in, in the prophetic word, I just want to call your attention to two holidays that were just celebrated in Israel this past week. Yom Hazikaron, Memorial Day for the Fallen Soldiers of Israel and the Victims of Terrorism, celebrated May 7th and 8th. And the other one, immediately after, Yom Ha'atzma'ut, the celebration of Israel's independence, Independence Day for Israel, Yom Ha'atzma'ut. And it's interesting that they come one after the other, immediately, one and then the other, because we understand that when we remember on Memorial Day the fallen soldiers and the victims of terrorism, 
we remember as we mourn for the dead and honor their legacy that Yom Ha'atzma'ut, independence, could not have happened without the gut-wrenching reminder that many had to give their lives in order for us to have an independent state. And sadly, to this day, we are surrounded by those that want to drive us into the sea. This is the sworn covenant that terror organizations like Hezbollah and Hamas and others like them, and of course the state of Iran, they are constantly boasting about their ability and desire to destroy the Jewish nation so that it will no longer be on a world map and Israel and all of its people can just be thrown into the sea. Many of you have probably experienced a loss. Maybe it's uh, someone who went to war and lost their lives in defending the United States. Or maybe at the World Trade Center, you have a friend or a relative that lost their lives to terrorism. You know, every single one, you know, we, we, we hear numbers, but every single one is a life that represents a family. And in Israel, to, from 1920 to present, 3,765 people have lost their lives to terrorism. This has come pretty close to me in a number of ways. I personally have a very close friend who, uh, when I was uh, ministering together with him in India at our Sunrise Messianic Center in the Himalayan mountains, I'll tell you more about that another time, You can learn a little bit more about our ministry, Reach Initiative International, if you'd like, by going to our website, reachii.org. But when we were up there in the Himalayas and we were ministering to uh, Israeli travelers, we got word of a beautiful young American girl who had been murdered, stabbed to death by a Palestinian terrorist. Really brought it home close. But that's the only, not the only one. See, my daughter... Miriam lives in the land of Israel with my two granddaughters and my son-in-law. And every day she drives uh, from her home into Jerusalem. And during this time, some of you might remember a couple of years ago, the knife intifada. Uh, There was a woman who stopped along the road and then blew up her car. And my daughter was traveling on that exact road and she was five minutes behind that. Comes pretty close to home. And another time when I was visiting a Holocaust survivor in a section of Jerusalem uh, called Piskat Zev, I'm hearing sirens all over the place and I'm thinking, what's going on? And uh, we were listening to the news and uh, uh, a terrorist had stabbed uh, a young boy and and someone else. And then when when we're leaving and driving in our car, we actually see the... uh, the one who did the stabbing, the terrorist who did the stabbing, being arrested by the Israeli police. And so all of this, you know, it's not news and it's not just numbers. This is real people that are being affected by wars and terrorism. And so uh, uh, Israel understands that they must have a strong military presence to survive in a region where so many of the enemies of Israel would like to see every Jew killed. You know, you may not know this, but in 
in Palestinian schools. Uh, I am. I hate no one. I love everyone. I'm a follower of Yeshua. I love Palestinians. I love Israelis. I love Chinese, Russians, everybody. But that doesn't mean I like the way they behave, right? You don't have to like the way people behave when you love them. In Palestinian schools, they have cartoons like we have here in America, you know, cartoons that show nice things here in America. They have cartoons that glorify killing Jews. And this is what they're feeding their children. This is a horror. The world needs to stand up against this kind of stuff and and tell them there's a better way. We're not going to fund these kinds of things. There's a better way. Teach your children kindness. Teach your children respect. Teach your children love. You may not agree with Israeli politics. We're not talking about that. We're talking about human beings and how God wants us to relate to one another whether we agree with one another or we like what others are doing, we need to care about people's relationship with God and eternal destiny. And that's why, for me, the greatest thing that can happen in Israel is that there'd be this great revival that not only ushered tens of thousands of my Jewish people into the kingdom of God, that they saw the promised Messiah has come, his name is Yeshua, Jesus but that tens of thousands of Palestinians and Arabs also would come into the kingdom because we see in Israel when this happens, we become brothers. Palestinians can hug me and I can hug them when we're brothers. This is God's desire. You know, God's kingdom is different than the kingdoms of the world. So Yom, Yom, uh, uh, Hatzma'ut, celebrated May 8th and 9th. Um, You know, you can't imagine how many wars Israel has had in their brief history. How many years do we have from 1948 to 2019? That's 52 and 19, that's 71, right? In just 71 years, Israel, after the United Nations declared that Israel would have this piece of land as a Jewish state, and then another piece for uh, the Arabs and Palestinians, they were attacked by their neighbors immediately after declaring independence. And then this is 1947 through 1949. There's wars going on, and the War of Independence started in 1948, and Jewish people had to fight for their survival just as their nation was birthed. We can relate to these kinds of things maybe here in America But it's intense no matter what, right? And then 1957, another war, the Suez Crisis. Then 1967, the Six-Day War, when uh, uh, Egypt, Jordan, Syria, and then Iraq, Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, and others sought to wipe Israel off the map and drive the Jewish people into the sea. But God did another miracle. Though we were outnumbered, somehow we won. The Six-Day War, 1967, Jerusalem came back into Jewish hands at the same time in fulfillment of the words of Yeshua. The Yom Kippur War in 1973, and I can go on and on, but, uh, you know, for a nation to have to deal with enemies. You know, I remember being in India doing a conference for uh, pastors and Christian leaders And I brought with me a young lady who was a commander in the Israeli army. You know, every young Israeli, women, 
uh, when they're 18, must serve two years to defend their nation. Men, when they're 18, three years. And I brought this young woman uh, to meet the pastors and the Christian leaders, and they said, you know what? We can't believe, you know, what's happening here. The media paints to us like Israeli soldiers. They're like warmongers and bloodthirsty. And you bring uh, this young lady, and there was a young man as well with us, and these are the kindest, sweetest people that we've ever met, you know, and uh, we're just getting fed a bunch of lies on the media. I'm telling you, I spend a lot of time in Israel and with Israeli people. I don't know any bloodthirsty Israelis. I don't know any. They just want to live in peace. And, uh, um, but they have to defend their nation. They have to defend their nation. So we who are followers of Yeshua, we who are believers in Jesus, uh, we don't have to support every policy of the government of Israel, but we should stand with the state of Israel and the Jewish people to have this little sliver of land that's about the same size of New Jersey, while the Arabs have much more land, and they don't need this peace also. And we should stand. Why? Because God is the one who brought the people of Israel, the Jewish people, back to this land and it's part of his great end-time drama to have the Jewish people in the land of Israel to bring a great revival to his people there, a revival that will bless the people of the nations. Let's pray together. Father, uh, it wasn't my idea to give the uh, land of Israel to the Jewish people. It was your idea, and it's not like it's the biggest, wealthiest piece of land on all the earth. And so, Father, I just pray that... Uh, uh, I pray for peace in the land, Lord God. I pray for revival amongst my Jewish people, and I pray for revival amongst the Arab and Palestinian people. And I pray, Father, that all of those that are listening today that call themselves followers of Jesus, that based upon the truths of the Bible, they would stand for the right of the Jewish people to have this little sliver of land called Israel, and that they would stand up against all kinds of anti-Semitism and anti-Israelism and all forms of terrorism against the people of Israel and any terrorism at all. Father, we just thank you that you teach us the ways of love, and I pray that this week your people would experience your love in fresh and powerful ways. Be blessed. Have a great week. We look forward to being with you next week. 